Four minutes after 12 is the time, and oh, 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 mystery hour is upon us. Your weekly opportunity to, to achieve the sort of satisfaction that is not available on any other radio programme. The sort of satisfaction that you ordinarily would associate with some of your happiest and fondest memories. It is also now part of the British Airways in-flight entertainment mystery hour, so you could... You could be bringing yourself to the attention of up to 44 million people. Unbelievable. Extraordinary scenes. What a time to be alive. What is this man talking about? What is this mystery hour he keeps blathering on? All right, give us a chance, I'll explain. You've got a question somewhere in the back of your brain that really needs an answer. Thus far, you've been unable to find it. Am I right or am I right? Well, somebody listening to this programme will know the answer. Uh, If it's boring, you won't get on. Although we have a relatively new team today so you might be able to sneak a really boring question past them they're, le- they're yet to learn the ropes caroline and victoria in the in the uh, years that we've been doing mystery out dullness and repetition are our enemies what are our enemies dullness and repetition james if your question is only going to really be of interest to you for example um there is a roundabout near me with five exits and one of them doesn't seem to lead anywhere that's not really going to be of interest to anybody else so don't ring in with it. And if you sense that the um, young women who are answering the phones today are unimpressed by your question, please politely sling your hook. Move along, free up your space for somebody else. And ditto repetition, although that's my lookout. That's my job. If, if the question is something that we can remember dealing with relatively recently, you'll be politely invited to move along as well. And that is pretty much it. If you're new to this, you need a point of reference probably from the newspaper equivalents, the columns, the, who, the, 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 the notes and queries. The, you know, a reader writes in and says, why do we do that? Where does that come from? Who, why, what, where, when, whither, whence, wherefore, what happened, what resulted, what's the reason, what's the origin, what's the explanation, all of those. Then you wait weeks for someone else to write in with the answer. Not here. Today you get your answer within moments. Today you get your answer almost immediately, which means, of course, that you need to ring me if you hear somebody ask a question to which you do know the answer. And the number remains the same. I'll only give out the number, as always, when... Um, I have a phone line free, and it's even busier than usual during Mystery Hour. So if you hear me say 03456060973, judicious use of redial is actually the best way, I'm told, to get through to the studio. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, the prize you receive, if you provide a definitive answer and you explain where you learnt your answer, it doesn't have to be a PhD, although, of course, the Professor of the Public Understanding at Science at the University of Brighton is by far the most successful Mystery Hour contributor. You could just have seen it on telly last night. How do you know that? When I say, what are your qualifications, what I'm really saying is, how do you know that answer that you've just provided? I, I make that point because occasionally I forget, and then I say to someone who's quite new to it, what are your qualifications? And he'll say something like, well, I've got a bag of gymnastics award grade four. You, no, I don't mean that. Or I've got six A-levels and a, and a degree in, in babby wash. No. What are your qualifications for knowing the answer to this specific question? Oh, I saw it on telly last night, James. That's a qualification. Are you still with me at the back? Seven minutes after 12 is the time. Mystery hour is upon us. If you follow me on Twitter or you follow at LBC on Twitter, there's a link now to the Mystery Hour archive, which is actually great fun, really great fun. There's a a, a long and lengthy back catalogue of questions and answers that we've dealt with historically. And actually quite a nice picture of me as well. Um, Make a nice screensaver, perhaps. Joe's in Ashford. Joe, question or answer? Hi, James, question. Hello, Joe. Just, just for the record, I'm on my lunch break, not being paid at the moment. <laughs> Glad to hear it, Joe. Um, my question is, um, why do I sometimes have a bit of a shiver when I'm urinating? Oh, mate, come on, can we have to start with the toilet stuff? 
Honestly, what, what sort of a shiver? Describe, describe. I mean, for people unfamiliar with the physiological phenomenon that you are referring to, describe the shiver. It's just as if you know the whole someone's dancing on my grave kind of shiver, just a bit of a oh. And it doesn't happen every time you micturate. No, not not at all. My daughter is nine months old. Also, when she was doing her business in a nappy the other day, had a bit of a shiver as well. So so you, not, you could tell. You could tell that she. She could tell she was making a deposit. Could you? Yeah, that's it. And, and it doesn't happen every time. And it is a sort of, you know, it, it, it's like a kind of, uh, the camera's on today, because I'm doing some sort of strange physical contortions on this one. But it is, it's a sort of, I'm not going to do anything with my hands, obviously, that would be a little bit indelicate. But it's kind of a, a quick, and it, it doesn't last for the whole duration of the expulsion, does it? It just, it's a oh, sort no. of, just at the, whoa, like a kind Elementary. of, whoa, like that. Whoa, whoa, yeah? Yep. Why? I don't know. I'll find out. It's a good question, albeit a little bit uh, indelicate. Mark is in Hyde Park. Mark, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, please, James. Come on, then. Uh, you've got the phrase, uh, living the life of Riley. Um, I'd like to know who Riley is. Or we, must, we must have done this before. Mustn't we? Uh, I haven't heard it myself. No, I haven't either as well, actually. But I wonder, I mean, this is another reason to check the archive that I've just retweeted from, <laughs> from, from out Mr James. I'd be, life of Riley, off the top of my head. I, I'm just going to, can you just sort of entertain everybody for about is it 27 28 for just for about give me 12 seconds i'm just going to see if i can dredge it up from anywhere all right <laughs> do you, you want to tell them a joke sing them a song whatever you think mark uh i don't think anything i'll probably tell you'll be suitable for this time no, of day, no, so that's a I'll fair point all right well silence. okay just keep stum for a second life of riley oh. life of riley no, nope, I've got nothing. All right, it's on the list. Life of Riley. Um, if you're wondering what I was doing then, I was truly trying to dredge something up from the old memory banks because the other rule of mystery that I forgot to share with you a moment ago is you're not allowed to Google anything. Yeah, I mean, obviously, some of these questions could be answered by using Google, but we're living in a world where soon we won't talk to each other anymore because we can find out everything about everything just by going online. You're not allowed to use books, encyclopedia, references... Or the internet. This is all about something that's filed away in your brain in a way that um, is kind of becoming unfashionable. Knowledge. Charles, is it, you heard Michael Wilshire this morning talking about calculators and times tables and what have you. Knowledge is becoming unfashionable. Strange. Charles is in Soho. Charles, question or answer? First question. Carry on. Actually, I know the answer to the other one, but I'll give you the question. To which one? To, um, oh, the, the, why you shudder when you pee... Oh, pee. mate, all right. Okay, well, no, you're not... Uh, it's good to know there is an answer out there, but I don't... I, I can't no, take it... it, it no, no, yeah, 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 I can't take it from you. I, it's not allowed. You've got... You've, you, I said no, question okay. or answer, you said question, mate. Question, question. It's about smiling. Look, we smile and we laugh, right? What's going on in the brain? You can you can choose not to smile. Something might make you smile, or whether you choose kind of not to. You can tell yeah. your face. But when you laugh, and particularly when you really can't control... You know when you're lifting something, where you make and someone la- makes you laugh, your strength goes. So I want to know, what's happening in the brain? Is there a, di- no, like, is there a difference between the smiling and laughing? What's happening in the brain? So, and it's good, because it's one you can't flip in on. So. What do you mean? What, oh, that's the sound of a gauntlet being thrown down there, Charles. What, what do you mean, what's happening? So laughter is more debilitating than a smile, because you can laugh, you can do a fake laugh and a, and a fake smile. Yeah. A real oh, smile no. isn't controlled. A real oh. smile is, it comes out of nowhere. It's a reflex. Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, so, yeah, so what's going on in the brain? I mean, yeah, put it this way, if there was a battle going on, or someone was really trying to hurt you, yeah. you could make them laugh, they'd lose the strength, and you might get away. They, they, didn't they do, wasn't there an experiment in that? Weren't they going to sort of bomb 
sort of drop ecstasy gas all over a battlefield or something like that to try and make everybody kind of giggle and love each other and, and their war would war would be over. Or maybe yeah, that's just a weird dream joint. I had. Could send over a big joint. I, 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 steady on, mate. I, I, I'm <laughs> going to get the giggles now, which kind of proves your point for you. I, I don't quite... Well, you can't... No, no, control yourself. Charles, you can't, I don't think, get away with simply saying, what's going on in your brain when you laugh? I need, I need, I need okay. a, I need a slightly well, more. Help me then. Help. What's the better question then? Help. <sighs> well, you, you're trying to draw a, you're trying to draw a parallel with smiling, or not? Well, that's, that's the start of it, isn't it? You have but it's to. called a you reflex. There's lots of things you can't control. Laughter is a reflex. The kind yeah. of laughter you describe is a reflex. Yeah. So what's it for? I mean, you could say, what's it for? What's that all about? laughing? What's that all about then? All right. Well, so I, I, I'll see what I can do. It might be one of those issues where someone listening understands the question you're asking better than I do. Laughter. What's it all about? Alfie. Beth's in Sutton. Beth, question or answer? Yes, a question, dear. Hello, dear. Yeah. Can you please ask if anyone knows where the word lap? When we say to our children, come on, come and sit on my lap or sit on Grandad's lap, I wonder where it came from, the word lap. Is that silly? No, I don't think it is silly, is it? You mean, you mean the sort of the, the, the thigh area when you're sitting down yeah, so that someone yeah. can... It's, you know, we all seem to say it. I listen to my, my friends and my neighbours and they'll say, come on, come and sit on Nanny's lap. Yes. And of course you we have... the inside of your thigh, don't you? Y- yes. Well, <laughs> and you have lap dogs, dogs that sit on your lap. Uh, yeah, that's, yes, that's true. Yes, I have to talk to that. And lap dancing, of course, Beth? Which you know an awful lot about, I suspect. (laughs) Pardon? You've done 87 lap dances this year already? I don't believe my ears, Beth. What is going on? Right, we'll find... Lap dogs, lap dances, and just laps. Beth, I shall... If I don't get you an answer to that, I shall give you the money myself. It's a lovely question. Your program's wonderful. Oh, so are you, Beth. Thank you so much. It's 12.14. What is... Why lap? Yeah, I like that. What's the origin of the word lap? Um, what's going on when you laugh? What's going? I knew Charles was going to cause us problems. What's going on in your brain when you laugh? Um, someone will know the answer to that. Origins of the phrase "life of Riley," and why did we shiver when we? <clears throat> we a lot of you are pointing out that we did do that quite recently, and you can remember the answer. But that is that's your opportunity to ring in and get on and get a mystery hour round of applause. I've got my first complaint. Jason says, "James, you are wrong. A reflex is a lonely child standing by the phone." This is LBC. It is 19 minutes after 12, and um, that misquoted Duran Duran lyric seems to have caused more confusion than even Mystery Hour does ordinarily. Um, more on that to come, no doubt. Questions currently in need of answers on Mystery Hour. Why do we shiver when we... we? Uh, what's the origin of the phrase Life of Riley? Uh, Emma's done a job for us on the laughter question that Charles asked. It's, it's what is the evolutionary advantage of laughter given that it debilitates us? So when you're laughing, you're more vulnerable to danger. So why, why do we laugh? If you get the answer to that, I might give you the money myself. And the origin, lap. Why do we call a lap a lap? And uh, we're not allowed any more phrases. I don't know why, but whenever you get a phrase, what's the origin of a phrase? The phones go mad with people ringing in with other ones. Like, what's the origin of the phrase? Turning in the grave. And, and, and they're great questions, honestly, but we only do one a week. Otherwise, nothing else happens. 03456060973 if you want to join in. Just for the avoidance of doubt, the reflex is, of course, a lonely child who's waiting by the park, not by the phone. That was a joke that probably only amused me. Dale's in Bromley. Dale, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Yes. 
Uh, urination and juddering. Juddering, Jodder- that's a nice word. Yes, juddering, go on. Yeah. Well, it's from that advert, isn't it, do you remember? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, basically, it's um, the loss of heat, rapid loss of heat from your bladder. Yeah. Uh, the urine's obviously stored at body temperature. Uh, the more pressure you exert, the more you would actually judder, because the, the faster you're losing the heat. And so it's the same reason you shiver in any other circumstance. It's, heat, it's about heat transfer. Pretty much, pretty much. And uh, I heard that on Mystery Hour. How long ago was it? I think it was, oh, it's got to be a year now. Oh, thank God for that. If it had been like, you know, four weeks ago, I'd be a little bit embarrassed. But I'm going to give, I'm, <laughs> I was, I was, I'm 44 years old, you know, Dale. I'm 44 years old now, yeah, uh, as of yesterday. Well, there you go. So short-term <laughs> memory's not what it used to be. All right, and it's earned you this. There is no greater qualification than having heard it here before, but given that I told you repetition is the enemy of mystery, we're going to have to be on my... T- it's a problem, because I've got a new producer, Caroline, a new assistant producer, Victoria, and a new studio manager, Axel. It's all, all change here. It's only on this side of the studio wall that you've still got the same old face, unfortunately, so they're not going to recognise things that we've done before. It's all on me now. It's a lonely place, this studio, sometimes. Luckily, Kirk is in Holloway to keep me company. Question or answer, Kirk? Um, I have a question. Good. Can a fish sneeze? <laughs> what? What? what I'm sorry. No, it's a very good question. What? In, what? 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 What inspired it? Um, I've recently got into aquarianism. Uh, loads of fish and stuff, and the corydoras, which are bottom feeders, they were scurrying about in the sand and then the gravel, and, and then one of them looked like he sneezed. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I've never seen the fish sneeze before, and I thought I'd pull it up there was another question that my boy asked but i can't i'm only allowed one I'm you are but there's always next week uh, it's interesting that you've gone with your own question rather than your son's well my son is a bit sort of it's not really well, I hope that's not reflective of your parenting know. style in general there Kurt. well what about if you've got one ice cream who gets it you or him he would get it of course i've got three boys it'll have to be split. i just a conion of three so I don't know, actually. Can, so we'll stick That's with the fish. <laughs> we'll stick with the fish, shall we? The sneezing. Right. Can a fish sneeze? Yeah. All right. My answer is yes, because I've sort of seen what it looked like, a sneeze. That was the only... <laughs> so we need a more experienced aquariumist. We need a more experienced aquariumist to confirm... Yes, all... we, yeah. We, we do. Or, or, or uh, I don't know, um, what was that guy in George? What was that? Um, not, I can't remember his name. Hooper. Hooper? Ocean and Granite. Yeah, Hooper. Who? The character Hooper, played by Richard Dreyfuss and yours. Uh, yeah, I don't he, think he's he, going to he ring it. Ocean and Graphic. No, never mind. All okay, right. well, let's hope someone that looks like a fish... Um, to sneeze. ...longer than me. Yeah. Yes. You're on. <sighs> Thanks, Kirk. Peter's in Wallingham. Peter, question or answer? Uh, I've got two answers if you want to. No, you're allowed one. Whatever okay. you told the producer it was going to be, stop trying to play havoc with the Mystery Hour rules. <laughs> <laughs> the life of Riley originates from a double agent uh, for the Allies and for the enemy. No, it doesn't. I can't remember what it is. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. I'm afraid it does. I know that it doesn't because what? Oh. Because because Wayne is um, in Basildon. He bought Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable in order to be able to answer as many mystery hour questions as possible. And he obviously couldn't remember this one, but he's looked it up and he sent me a photograph of the relevant page. And you, sir, are wrong, sir. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm right. Right, OK, so the Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable is wrong, and you, yeah. who can't remember who the bloke you're talking about is, is right. I'm talking about the life of Riley. Talk- Riley was the guy's name who was a double agent. What was his first name? 
I don't know his first name. So you don't know his first name, but you're certain you're right. And the Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable, which is internationally regarded as the very gold standard of etymological origination, is wrong. And there was a, there was a TV film about him as well. well. You're talking about George Riley, Ace of Spies. I'm talking about Riley, who lived a double A. Who was yeah, you're talking about George Riley, Ace of Spies. Well, if that's it, that, that that's the bloke, and the phrase "Life of Riley" existed long before he was born. Yeah. Other than that, brilliant answer. You should have gone with the other one. Jamie's in Peckham. Jamie, question or answer? I've got an answer. Go on then. Answer that he tried to answer, and I think it's just common sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I believe it is Sir Walter Riley. So, so Walter Riley. Sir Walter Riley. So Walter Riley happened to be having an affair with the Queen at the time. He also was um, travelling on expeditions, royal expeditions to different countries to bring back different things. Tobacco and potatoes, for example. Pardoned, yeah. Tobacco, tomatoes, potatoes, <laughs> potatoes and all kind of other stuff, tea. tea. And when he committed a crime, he got away with it because the Queen pardoned him, because he was uh, with her. There is only one problem with your answer. Go ahead. I, I'm reluctant to point it out to you because I think you're going to be a little bit embarrassed when I do. No, go for it. Uh, all right. The, the Elizabethan personage to whom you refer was called Sir Walter Raleigh. Yeah. The figure of speech, the origins of which we are seeking to establish, is the life of Riley. Yes, but are you sure it wasn't drawn from there? I am absolutely certain that it didn't used to be, oh, he's living the life of Raleigh, that fellow, my lad. <laughs> I believe I'm right and you're wrong. In this. I, <laughs> I, I believe you're even more wrong than Peter, which a minute ago I'd have said would be impossible. Hold on, hold on, listen, 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 listen. That's enough of that. 26 minutes after 12, that's the world's worst round of applause. Dave's in Slough. Dave, question or answer? Hello, James, I have a question, please. Yeah, go on. Uh, I would like to know what the association between theatres and serving ice cream is. In the interval? Yes, yeah, I was at the theatre last week and they served ice cream, which I've been to the theatre many times. Um, I did ask them, they didn't know the answer, so I thought, well, who better to ask? That's a lovely question. Thank you. Isn't it? I don't, why ice cream? I mean, you know, it could be any, you could have anything. Why ice cream? In the, it was the cinemas as well. Do you remember? You used to get it in the cinemas when we had intermissions. Absolutely. God, the those were the days. We were, we were told, the only answer we, we could work out between us was that it doesn't smell and it's not noisy. So oh. I don't know if that's, that's right or not. Well, that applies to... Like to, to, to no, yeah, I was going to say that applies to cheese, but of course it doesn't, does it? Well, che cheese is a silent food, but it's a, quite a smelly one. Ice yeah, cream, but there's... Yeah. Uh, that, but that's probably it, mate. You've probably gone and done it. I can't pop... Well, I hope not. Well, why do we have popcorn in the cinema? Well, exactly, but a cinema... I, I, I'm not talking cinema, I'm talking, you know, actual theatres. The theatre. The cinema is, is popcorn, yeah. Do yeah. you go to the theatre much? Uh, well, I went a couple of weeks ago. What did you see? Phantom of the Opera. How was it? It was very good. It was excellent. Did yeah. they have this new thing? I've been a couple of times lately, and they've got, there's a new company. I'm always trying to work out with technological companies whether or not they're going to be the new kind of Facebook or whether they're going to disappear by Christmas. Did you, know, did you see the thing that they'll deliver a drink to your seat? Uh, they didn't in this theatre. No? Um, I've, I have heard of that. They had it at Wicked. I went to Wicked before Christmas with the little one, with my youngest, and, and they could... I don't... I just don't know how that's going to catch on. I just wasn't... I don't know that it's... No. No. Anyway, we're I digressing a little. Why, why, why have ice cream in the theatre? It's a lovely question. That. I'm going to the theatre tonight, actually, to see the new production of Guys and Dolls at the Savoy. I'll let you know tomorrow whether or not it's worth a ticket. Dave in Slough, thank you. Simon in Oxford Street. Question or answer, Simon? Uh, question, please, James. Yes. 
Okay. Uh, how cold does it have to be in London for the Thames to freeze over? Oh, I know this. Oh. <laughs> Very. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's what I thought. Very. There we go, then. Round of applause for me. No, 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 Axel, come on, mate, seriously. You've got, t- you got to be stricter than that. You can't be just throwing them around willy-nilly. How cold? So, I mean, it, we know it froze over in Dickensian times, don't we? Did it, froze, yeah, did it freeze in the 20th century? Snow or ice fairs. That's right, yes, that's right. Yeah. How cold? I mean, yeah, I mean it, it, it presumably has to be cold for a certain temperature and then a certain length of time at that temperature. But it, but, but it might not apply because the banks have changed, the Thames barrier has changed, tidal patterns. I mean, it may not be as simple as a certain... Temperature, yeah. but but we'll um, yep. we'll find out. How cold does it need to be? What circumstances? What conditions do we need for the Thames to freeze over? Staying with matters frozen. Why is ice cream the snack of choice in theatres? Can a fish sneeze? Staying on the aquatic theme there. So, uh, <clears throat> what's the evolutionary explanation of laughter? Given that it makes us vulnerable and is debilitating. Who was Riley in the figure of speech? Life of Riley. And we've done the first one. Although a lot of you are saying it was mere weeks ago that we did the shivering, juddering, micturation question. I can't remember. So anyway, we'll leave it as it stands. If you want to get through to the programme, um, just wait till you hear me say the phone number. Those are questions that all need answers. Can a fish sneeze? Why ice cream in theatres? What conditions would see the Thames freeze over? Lap. Why do we call a lap a lap? And why do we laugh? Um, that and the life of Riley. It's half past twelve. <laughs> Eleanor Noakes is here with the headlines. The head of the Met. It's uh, 12.34, Lucy in Kent, two things. She says, Dear James, you should have heard the gasp from my children when you just said you didn't enjoy Wicked. Two things. Number one, why aren't they at school? Probably they're too young. Number two, I didn't say that. I loved Wicked. It was a great show. I just don't think the app that you use to, to order drinks to be delivered to your seat um, during the interval or, or before the show starts, I just don't think it's ever going to catch on. I, I could be wrong. It's a slight digression. Back to Mystery Hour. Questions in need of answers um, include, can a fish sneeze? What conditions would make the Thames freeze over? Uh, why is ice cream so popular at theatres? It's an odd thing when you think about it to, to have. Lap. Why do we call our laps laps? And uh, origins of the phrase life of Riley. It has nothing to do, and I, I think this will only come as a surprise to one person on the planet... It has nothing to do with Sir Walter Raleigh, the famous Elizabethan explorer. Phil is in um, Crowl in Lincolnshire. Phil, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, answer, mate. Come on then, Phil. Uh, fish, fish cannot sneeze. Um, for, to, to, to be able to sneeze, you need to be able to breathe. To breathe, you need lungs and nasal passages. And fish don't have those. They have a, an oxygen transference thing in their gills. So they wouldn't be able to expel wind through anything other than anything because... No, but, but can't they sneeze water? Well, they c- well, he, what he, the, he, that man explained was he had those bottom feeders that do the silt, so they can <laughs> they can make a blast of water come out of their gills, but their gills getting um, perhaps full of muck when they're f- filtering off the bottom. Is that what they were doing? Well, I would have thought. So. Is that what the bottom feeders were doing? Yeah, well, you know what bottom feeders are. But anyway, the, the to be able to have lung fish. Stop laughing. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just thinking of LBC's Christmas holiday cover. <laughs> right. They can't have lungs because they keep floating to the top. They do have a little tiny there and called a swim bladder. Um, but they don't have lungs because every time they breathe in, they'd float to the top and it'd, it'd be so irritating. <laughs> 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 so, so, so what he saw, what Kirk saw, was... 
I would think he should... I a jet of water. He's cleaning his gills and it just looked a bit like a sneeze. Yes, I would have thought so. Love it. Round of applause. Well, hang on. What are your qualifications? Uh, University of Common Sense, but I also used to have fish years ago. Yeah, well, don't, don't do that. Why say University of Common Sense? That's not going to get you a round of applause. I need to know about your piscine enthusiasms. My piscine enthusiasms? Yeah. Well, I, I did have some, uh, I, and uh, there were... There were <sighs> Observation. I, I would say so, yeah. And, and then a lot of disappointment when children arrived on the scene and altered thermometer settings and uh, yeah. I gave up in the end. You know what it's like. Do you know, I've got a theory. I've got two aquariums at home now. Oh, have you? Yeah. Have you? you haven't got a salt one, have you? I have, no, I haven't got a salt one. I've got a warm one and a cold one. But I, I think yeah. that a lot of it, I, I think a lot of it is rubbish when they talk about how often you need to clean it and stuff like that. Clean it when it looks a bit dirty. I think they're just trying to sell a lot of products a lot of the time. I think so. I mean, look at ponds and rivers are completely self-regulated. Precisely, yeah. That's exactly what I say to my wife when she tells me to clean out the fish tank. I thought that was becoming a new figure of speech in our house. I've got to clean out the fish tank. But it hasn't. And I bought some of those snails that eat the algae, the the, the Narite snails, which you don't even have to buy them. I went on a tour of the Thames. A bloke was telling us to look under rocks, and I found a couple of these snails. I just paid five quid to have them delivered on the internet. Phil, round of applause. Round of applause. Probably slightly more desirable than a very dull snail-based anecdote from the presenter. David is in East Grinstead. Question or answer, David? Answer. Carry on. Uh, it was, uh, why do we laugh? Um, basically, it's a primate response that uh, is halfway towards crying. So it's an empathic response, and it's based on looking at the downfall of others. And I've, uh, as a group, uh, expressing a, a, a yell or a cry to, to warn people, but also some nervousness about you actually uh, enduring the same downfall. And, uh, and basically, it's seen in primates as well now. Uh-huh. So this is actually very, very deep-seated within a... So if a chimp so. fell out of the tree, another chimp would laugh. And it's actually an expression yeah. of fear in a way, but, but over the millennia, it's, it's, it's changed its nature, but that's how it began. That's right. And, and actually, all the other primates in the group would also start doing the same thing. So when a comedian tells a joke about a downfall of somebody, that's why the audience laugh, because they've got a slightly empathic response of placing themselves in that situation and basically being relieved that they're not having the same um, uh, downfall. I like that question. I, like, I mean, I like the answer. I thought the question was rubbish, but that often happens questions i thought i see so i owe charles in soho an apology he's got his answer uh, it's a primitive empathetic response charles obviously what are your qualifications david um well i read this in uh, desmond morris's naked eight there you go where did you grow up do you mind me asking yeah birmingham Wh- which bit I uh, was it? I, I thought you might have been a bit more of my way towards kidderminster because I, I, I sort of got the old accent radar bleeping a bit no, I worked in West Brom for six years, so it's probably run off a bit. I get homesick when I hear the Bromley accent. I never thought that was going to happen. David, round of applause. <laughs> it's 20 to 1. Ed's in Cambridge. Question or answer, Ed? Uh, question, please, James. Carry on, sir. Um, so, simply, why is a green room called a green room? I was at uh, an event last week um, for Micro Biz Matters Day, which is aimed to support micro businesses. What a time to be alive. Studio. I'm sorry, say again. What a time to be alive. I was living the dream. <laughs> um, so uh, there was a studio and there was a green room. Um, and I couldn't fathom why it was called a green room. And I genuinely, genuinely was tempted to look it up. 
but I thought I'd hold off till today. I I do actually know this, and the only reason no, well, I look no, I get, the only reason I knew it or I know it is because I. I I got it wrong in the past, and someone explained it to me. So I thought it was because the green light wouldn't invade the stage. Do you see what I mean? It's the backstage room, and and you wouldn't when you open the door and the actors were coming and going. The light from the green light in the green room wouldn't actually pollute the stage. If you see what I mean? Yeah, it makes but, sense. But it's not. It's a Stratford-based um, uh, origin. This, and it it, it it it's something to do with the place they did it's part of a school now in stratford where they in medieval times put on plays and they got changed in the room next to the main hall and it was the room where the council used to meet and it was known as the agreeing room right mm. which where is stratford is stratford in warwickshire or staffordshire it's in warwickshire isn't it uh yes so speak uh, yeah so hang on so speaking to the last fellow about accents if you had a warwickshire accent the agreeing room would become the greeing room, and the greeing room became the green room. And that is the origin of the phrase green room for the room where actors get changed. I prefer uh, your, first, your first answer. I can I, understand it. I did. I the first answer sounded more convincing, but... I, I know. Corrected. I was corrected when I offered the first answer at, at a point in the past. I don't think it's been completely definitively concluded, but that is the, 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 the wiser... That's the received answer. So does that mean that you've answered the question, but it's staying on the board? No, it means I'm taking a round of applause, Ed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Andrew's in Greenwich. Question or answer, Andrew? I've got an answer for you. Good um, man. Happy, birth- happy birthday for the other day. You're very kind. You're very kind. Thank you. <laughs> right. It's the life of Riley. I'm sorry to start a steward's inquiry, but I believe this goes back to the early 1900s. It was a character in a lot of musical songs. You're not doing a steward's inquiry. I kicked the last fellow into touch. He was talking nonsense. You had the Sir Walter Raleigh, and then the bloke claiming that it was George Riley, Ace of Spies. So, no, mate, it's still up there. It's still yours. It's, it's, it goes back to the 1900s. It was a character in there, and he was said to live the life of Riley, and that's where it comes from. I can't remember the guy's first name. There's loads of musical songs back that time. I, I don't know if there's loads. I know that there's, definite, there's definitely one. It's about a bloke who comes into an awful lot of money to live, to live luxuriously. It's said to be an allusion to a comic song by Pat Rooney that was popular in America in the 1880s. I told you Wayne had sent me the clip from Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable, and, and there it is. So you, sir, get a round of applause. Oh, that's great. You've, you've added an item to my bucket list. I've added an item to your bucket list. I'm very, take that one off, Andrew. It's, it's done. Oh, dear. Um, some breaking news for you now involving the actor Alan Rickman, um, star of Harry Potter, of course, and Die Hard, but also a, a, a titan of the British stage. It, we've just learned that he's passed away um, at the age of 69. This has just been confirmed by his family. Alan Rickman had been suffering from cancer. Oh, man. What was that film, the Anthony Minghetti? Truly Madly Deeply with Juliet Stevenson. That was his breakthrough film. Do you remember that with the cello? And the, he came back from the dead, didn't he? Sort of a beautiful actor, a brilliant actor who, who went from stage to screen, played a baddie in Die Hard. And, of course, was he Snape in, 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 the, in the Harry Potter films? He was Professor Snape as well, wasn't he, in the Harry Potter films? There you go. Great loss to the British stage. Um, he worked as a dresser. For, for people like Nigel Hawthorne and Ralph Richardson before he actually found work with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh, left RADA, wanted to work in the theatre, couldn't get hired as an actor, so worked as a dresser for, for theatrical nights like Ralph Richardson and Nigel Hawthorne, 69 
years old star also of course his breakthrough role probably Les Liaisons Dangereuses the Christopher Hampton film so that is a, a sad sad uh, piece of information to impart to you the actor Alan Rickman one of the best loved and most warmly admired British actors of the past 30 years has died in London aged 69 you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC the time now is 12.45 from the LBC Travel Centre I'm Jake. It is 12.49 and you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. My colleague Sheila Fogarty, whose dulcet tones you just heard there, interviewed Alan Rickman, who I told you a few moments ago has passed away at the age of 69 last year, and she will be revisiting some of that interview with you after 1 o'clock today, when when Sheila Fogarty assumes the microphone. Um, A lot of you responding to that news, so um, stick around for that, whatever you do. A lot of you quite quite sad about it. That scene with Brian Atkinson in Love Actually and then the... Glenn reminds us of how horrible he was to Emma Thompson as well in the in the What Do You Do scene. Um, just one of those actors who touched an awful lot of people. And uh, it's testament, I suppose, to the power of his work, how upset people will be at his passing. Give it ten minutes before some idiot on Twitter starts complaining about people being sad. Did you get that with David Bowie? Did you pick up on any of that? People say, why are you all expressing your grief at the passing of David Bowie? You didn't know him. He said, well, excuse me for having feelings. <laughs> Back to Mystery Hour. Steve is in Hounslow. Steve, question or answer? It's a question, James. Go on. Oh, yeah. Um, I started losing my hair about five, six years ago, and I've noticed with everybody else, you tend to lose your hair on the top of your head, like on your crown of your head. Why is that? I mean, you never seem to lose your hair around the side of your head. It's always at the top. Is that what they mean by male pattern baldness? I think it must be, mustn't it? It, it could possibly be, yeah. I just always, you know, I, I was wondering why that, why does that happen? Why, well, we did one recently. Happen? We had a question recently about beards and why, why you can still grow a beard even though your hair, you can't grow your hair. It's probably a similar answer, isn't it? It's, it's to do with follicles well, and... No. No, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you reckon? Why, why, why only from the top of your head? And, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, something must happen. I mean, what is it? Do we lose some kind of chemical in our skin? What, what, what causes boldness only on top of the head not around the side of the head you never see somebody with a whole full head you know but the side of their head's kind of no you're right I, I i don't know who would know that do you think any of these treatments work steve you know when you see shane warne on the telly and stuff and and then the you, wayne rooney and that fella i'll tell you who's amazing is um what's his chops the fella that used to be in Colford, brilliant actor i was getting mixed up with john Hanna, robert nesbitt not robert okay. nesbitt what's his what's his name nesbitt James Nesbitt. There we go. We got there in the end. Do you think they work, Steve? Um, to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, I don't think there's a lot you can do about it. I mean, you look at Prince William. I mean, he's got kind of bold. So, but that's what I always say. That's what I always say. Because last time I did a TV show, the, the thing I did with ITV last year, they spent ages painting the top of my head to, to, to make my ball patch. <laughs> BBC don't bother. I do Newsnight. That's fine. I can I can have my, my, my ball patch winking away. But ITV got all carried away with it. And, and so as they said, why don't you do something? I said, well, if it was available, surely Prince William would have done it with all his millions. That's right, yeah. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I mean, it might work for some, it might not work for the others. That's true, that's true. Wayne Rooney's got more hair than he used to have, but it still doesn't look quite right. It's James Nesbitt's the one. I wonder who did his. But then he's, he's changed in about three days recently. He did an award ceremony, and then three days later, his hair had grown an inch. I wonder if he keeps it in a box under the bed. Right, we've gone off off message a bit. Find out for Steve. Why are we going bald on the top of our heads, but not on the sides? Uh, Nick is in Becca... Oh, it's Sydney Riley, not George Riley. That's my mistake. Thank you for that. Barry's in, in Cavern in Ireland. 
Um, I, but but the song is is correct. The answer is is correct. Nick's in Beckenham. Nick, question or answer? Answer. Go on then. The um, about the Thames freezing over. Yes. Um, okay, so it wouldn't freeze over now, although you would get little parts and pockets of it freezing over. But the reason why it used to freeze over back in Victoria times is that the bridges before they were all rebuilt were very had very narrow arches, so that the water would run a lot slower and enable it to freeze over so much so that they could actually hold parties and have actually have fires actually on the Thames. Yes, but you couldn't do that now because the water runs a lot faster. That's a lovely answer. That's a lovely answer. The um, uh, the, the the other thing that came in by text was a suggestion that some of the instances like the most famous freezes were linked to volcanic eruptions you know when the ash kind of causes an overall cooling of the environment does that ring any bells with you uh not from what i've learned in in the history of when i used to live in blackheath and no uh, well i think you're going to get your round of applause anyway it's, 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 but it doesn't it doesn't i mean the temperature it would have to have been then would still be so i'm going to give you a round of applause but that's not i'm not closing the door on that one if someone else wants to ring in because you you have answered the question but but there's a couple still hanging alex is in battersea question or answer alex i've got an answer for you james bring it on sir so you had a lady earlier asking uh of the origin of the word lap yes well lap is a derivation of a german and a high german word english the english language is of german attraction sure and it comes from a garment that was worn around the waist. Really? Um, known as a lapper or a lappen. Oh. Um, and it's very common in high German languages, Dutch, Frisian, things like that. And we have a hangover in English. So the noun to sit on a lap is from that uh, from a garment. Qualifications? Just an interesting etymology. But it goes, it, it then sort of developed a figurative meaning in the 17th century to mean um, to just to envelop or go around. So to live in the lap of luxury, to be surrounded by luxury. Oh, to yeah. lap someone on a track to go around it, or to lap up water, you know, when an animal drinks, it, it curls its tongue around the water and draws it back in its, its mouth. So it really has sort of developed a meaning to mean to, uh, to surround something, to envelop it. That's a beautiful like, answer. That's one, of, that's one of the best answers we've had in a while. I, I, I but it is absolutely fascinating. And, and I, I mean, saying you have an interest in etymology is, 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 a, is a qualification indeed. Can, can you remember specifically where you picked that up? Um, that, I can't remember. I was looking up some Frankish language stuff, and I remember reading about it. I actually had to look it up again before I rang you. No, I that's, that, that's allowed, because you were using it as an aid memoir rather than as source material. <laughs> but, and, and it means your round of applause is inviolate. Alex, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Joe is in Beckton. Joe, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Um, about the art in theatres. Why? Why you, your phone call sounds much clearer than all the others today? It's almost like you're in my ear. How have you done that? Uh, I would like to know that as well. Can that be the next question? No, go on, carry on. Uh, ice cream in theatres. Why? Um, apparently, it was supposed to be in the 19th century with a large Italian migration. Hmm. They were supposed to have had it in their theatre halls and their operas, and it was just a Victorian craze that caught on. They liked the idea of it, and uh, it just crept into our theatres. It was supposed to have started off in the concert halls and the the piers in uh, the seaside towns and just made its way into London eventually. Qualifications? Um, I went to see Mr Tom, good up Mr Tom in London a few weeks ago, the whole family asked and I looked it up. Really? Yeah. I, I, what, can you remember what night you were there? 
Um, oh, it was a couple of weeks ago, but fantastic show. If anyone wants to go, uh, see we it. went. I took my eldest. We absolutely loved it. And what was interesting about it is I try and take the kids to the theatre quite a lot, but the um, of course the big shows aimed at the children are very razzmatazzy these days, aren't they? Your Matildas and your Charlies and the Chocolate Factories yeah. and your Wicked's and your Wizard of Oz's. That was a really good old-fashioned play good night mr the thomas stage, the stage production on that show was brilliant wasn't it the stage absolutely amazing absolutely first class i saw it as well absolutely loved it actually and, and, and they had that funny little app offering to deliver drinks to your seat as well but it's earned you this thank you very much what a theatrical bunch we are today professor martin smith is here he is a professor of robotics at the university of middlesex question or answer professor smith i've got an answer for you which one it's about hair loss. Oh, yes. Robots don't have hair. No, but it's happening to me, so I studied it. Oh, carry on. Um, it's the, uh, the reason that the, the hair at the top of the head is genetically slightly different to the hair in the rest of the, the body, and it's rather more um, susceptible to testosterone. And uh, genetically different, in, uh, how do you mean? I, I know what the words mean, but... It, 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 where, where, does, where does it change? Uh, somewhere, where on the head does, does the genetic... It feels the same, it's... It's not like my beard bristles, which feel different, or hair elsewhere on my body that feels different from the hair on my head. The hair on the side of the head feels identical to the hair on the top of my head, what's left of it. Well, it's only very slightly. Um, I mean, it's, hmm. Yes, I mean, hmm. I don't know how big the change oh, is. Oh, dear. I can uh, see that round of applause slipping away at the moment, <laughs> Professor. <laughs> I mean, as, as it gets further away uh, from the top, uh, it gets more curly and uh, thicker. Um, genetically different before it falls out well it's the testosterone which uh, makes it fall out because it's more vulnerable to testosterone oh go on then it's okay, it's we're all free. Yeah, go, go, no, go on you've got it you've got it you're over the line <laughs> just well done that's it Crikey, I don't know where all the time's gone there's a few that didn't get answered are there Thames Freezer actually is there did we, oh, we did, yeah we did, did, did I think we did did we do everything we're pretty damn close Find out by listening to the podcast, which will be available at lbc.co.uk before close of play today. That's it from me for another day. We'll do it again tomorrow morning from 10. The next voice you will hear belongs to Sheila Fogarty. Thank you.